This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, here we are picking up where we left off yesterday. I don't do this a whole lot with the part one and the part two. And it wasn't that I couldn't have kept going with all this yesterday, going into a little bit more detail, some of these stories that I was talking about yesterday. Because uh, I could have kept going. But if you remember, maybe about a week or so ago, two weeks ago, maybe, I said that with the radio show, uh, as part of my project list now, which is extremely time intensive right now, it always is. It's new, getting everything organized, working out the kinks. It'll smooth out. You know, the podcast, for example, I believe I've reached maximum efficiency with the podcast. You know, a, a half-hour podcast all in is probably about an hour to produce. The radio show right now is probably more like 10 to 1. Um, you know, so rather than one for one, right, and for every minute of air time, there's a minute of prep and sound editing. I don't really do any editing, but putting together the file so it's ready to post and so forth. Half hour preparation and and, and, and and engineering, whatever you want to call it, for a half hour podcast. The radio show right now, I mean, easily 10 hours for of prep, getting ready for a one hour show right now. More really, because I read a book for the for the show this week. So that took me like, I, I speed read it. I don't know if you're able to speed read. You know, people don't really talk about this technique too much anymore, but... There's definitely something to it. It's almost more of like a scanning. You know, there's just a lot of fluff in most books, and including in this biography. I was able to go through the whole thing in a couple of hours, make the notes that I wanted, and prepare for the show. But it took a few hours, five or six hours just for that. You know, I read a book. It's one of the books on my list for the year. I read 30 to 50 a year, so that was one of them. <laughs> Done. I needed it for the show. Anyway, my point is extremely, extremely time-consuming. And for that reason, I've said, and I don't I don't want this podcast to lose anything. It's very important to me. I put six years of work into this. I'm excited about this new endeavor. But I want this podcast to stay exactly what it is. It's not going to change. No advertisers, no commercials, no nothing. We'll do that on the other show. We'll do the business side. This is always just going to stay me, plain and simple me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Let's hope it is, right? Anyway, bottom line is I said, hey, I'm going to keep the podcast to a half hour. So I figured to go into it with the stories that I had that we would uh, be doing some kind of splitting up of this. And it's just the way it worked out with a part one and part two. I think I'll be able to say what I want to say here in a part two. Uh, the radio show went great. I'll talk more about it tomorrow because I don't want to consume the podcast, as I keep saying. But I will invite you to visit projectchaos.org, O-R-G, projectchaos.org. There you'll find information about my new book, Victory Over Chaos, the U.S. Marines Battle for Kafji. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a bold claim right now. I don't care who you are, Marine, non-Marine, veteran, non-veteran, Patriot, non-patriot, I don't care who you are. You pull any page out of that book and you'll find something inspiring in there. 
something that'll make you think. It is an incredible, incredible book. I would say to you, honest to goodness, I say this, I, I mean it. Thank you to the right hand of God. There is just something about that book that is transcends me. <laughs> something happened, you know, going back down there to my birthplace. Something happened. It was cataclysmic, and it's all in the book. It, it lays the groundwork for everything. It's funny with the radio show, like it's almost like it came premature, but God's going to work the way God's going to work, right? And it'll go according to his plan, not my plan. But in the meantime, I got the radio show. But when the book comes out, that's going to be the calling card. The freaking cover alone. Wowza. Go to projectchaos.org. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss the news. Projectchaos.org. You can also check out the radio show if you're interested. All right. I talked a little bit yesterday about this issue of no degrees. As far as jobs are concerned, I think the era of college degrees is largely gone. That's not going to be completely the case. Medical, for example, you know, you're not going to, hey, doc, do you have a degree? Well, I taught myself. I think I want to see some credentials in that particular field, right? I want to see that you've been tested a little bit, spent a certain amount of time, you know, properly uh, teaching yourself these things, as you say. Um, so I don't see, you know, engineering, uh, other things. I you know can't think of everything, but I would think some of these areas of practice that just you know, you're always going to need a degree program in that. And I think those degree programs, I think, are pretty well worked out. I could be wrong. I don't know about the quality of doctors we're getting these days. Uh, the engineering, I mean, if anything to me, it seems everything's incredibly over engineered these days. But um, I don't have the best sense of it, but it seems like everything's going pretty well in those academic programs. It's in the liberal arts and the law. I'm sure other areas as well that we're seeing some of these problems develop, as well as the worthless degrees. You know, we keep cranking out lawyers, and lo and behold, we got more legal problems. What did somebody say to me the other day? Um, Oh, I need a good buddy. You you should have a doctor. I get this frequently. No, thanks. I don't want to have a doctor. Like, just have a doctor on call. If they start poking around, I'm 53 years old. They're going to find something. I don't want to know. I really don't. I'm not going to get into it. And I don't want to give medical advice. Go get your checkups regularly. See your doctor and live like a scared little rabbit if that's how you choose. All right? Uh, I'll stop. I'll stop. Let's get on back to the topic at hand, shall we? So this whole border conflict, you know, certainly in the outward appearances have this the huge makings of a civil war. What are Biden's options? None, really. What you are witnessing is the state stepping in and asserting authority over the situation despite court orders and, and, and White House orders against it. And they said, no, we're not going to allow it to go on. Now, what kind of problems does that create in any other way? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. What about the other states where you know people are coming across the border? Why is it more going in in California? They're so seem to be open to 
illegal immigrants. They're giving them free health care and whatnot. Why isn't California doing the opposite? Why isn't California making a deal with Mexico? California is bigger than most countries. Why aren't they doing that? Why don't they go in and help humanitarian aid on the other side? Nah, they just kind of... And a huge number do come through California. And they end up in the rest of the states. But anyway, uh, Abbott says he's prepared for conflict. He talked about federalizing the uh, Texas National Guard. And Abbott said, if that happens, I have state police ready to take over. He's got help from other states ready to step in. Quite amazing, really, when you think about it. So, you know, where does this leave the rest of the country? Where's uh, What does Mayor Adams have to say on this? You know, and here's just give you the dirty side of politics. You would think that Adams and Abbott would be able to join forces on this. Why isn't that happening? Hmm? What kind of uh, White House clinic access has a New York City mayor had, I'd like to ask? Maybe none. He goes down there, I believe. Is he going to see the president or is he going to the clinic? I don't know. I can't speak to it, really. I know he's acting a little funny. Why can't he agree with Governor Governor, Governor Abbott? No, they take on the sanctuary city policy and they want to let these people run through Mexico. Go send buses down there and bring them up there, man. Right? Why aren't they doing more? They're talking about this ridiculous speak that these 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 Democrat leaders are talking that out of the same mouth he's going to complain for federal help and then blame Abbott for the problem after they adopted themselves a sanctuary city. Knowing that they had this statutory requirement to provide housing to their people. It's kind of a strange thing there in New York. Yeah, winters get cold. Government stepped in and says that. It's cold. Everybody's got to be under roof, so figure it out. That's the law. I don't know. It's an interesting world up there in New York. Whole, whole different whole different world in New York. It really is. Nasty politics, man. Just look at that with Mayor Adams, how ridiculous he talks. Blaming at Why isn't he supporting Abbott? Well, you at least say, hey, I'm with you. Can you please stop shipping him here? I don't know. That's not what's happening. There's this rhetoric is now turning into action. That is the point that we're at right now. Lines are being drawn, man. It's not good situation. What's next? Stopping the flow of money? Texas says we're not going to allow any more payments to the federal government. Uh-oh. Wow. That's what it's going to take, a daring governor who's going to say, and then they're going to say, well, you can't can't use dollars. Okay. Texas is going to create their own currency. Um, we got a long way to go before we get to that, but I'm just saying, where does it go? And then you have all the uh, these other governors jumping in, and they're going to support Texas. What do you call that? Kind of looks like a modern-day civil war. Some Some kind, anyway. I mentioned this yesterday about the White House Clinic. It's really, really fascinating what was going on. It's now revealed in here 
that they, without pharmacy and, and doctor, uh, you know, what do you call it, prescriptions, it sounds like, that they were giving uh, morphine, Oxycontin. This is pretty heavy stuff. But then during the Trump administration, they were giving out Ambien. And I've wondered if Trump, others have brought this up about Trump, some of his uh, Herculean uh, abilities to, um, you know, stay up late and still be sharp. I don't know anything about Ambien. It's really very interesting when you think about it, though. This seems to be some evidence that if it wasn't him, it was people in his administration. Who else would it have been taking Ambien? It's uh, these uh, drugs can have very interesting effects on people. Uh, I've taken ephedra. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Ephedra was used in this country as a weight loss drug in the 70s. And uh, it's been banned. And you can still get it now if you look around. Um, I don't know that it's legal, by the way. Anyway, uh, I've taken it in the past. And as far as a appetite suppressant, in my opinion, there's none better. I mean, you could just drop into fasting pretty much with that stuff pretty easily. Uh, it's so potent. When I took it, I half the dose, at least for the first couple of days. You wouldn't eat for if you just, if you went full dose on that stuff, you probably wouldn't eat for the first three days at all. And I I, I would not do that. By the way, I think it's a really bad idea. Um, not that fasting's a bad idea, but to jump into like that and drug fueled, I think you could. You pass out, and passing out could have its own effects. Uh, but anyway, it was very effective for all that. But I will tell you, uh, I was very careful with that stuff. I'd take it for like a week to ten days, just to break the. You know, if I was eating really poorly, to bridge the gap of eating healthy and breaking that addiction to the sugar. I'm not advocating for it. I'm really not. There's another one, uh, HydroxyCut, makes a few different products. And um, I took that one time, same kind of thing, just for like a week or so. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not giving any advice here. I'm just telling you what works for me. Just it gives you, it's a little cheat, I agree, and it's not healthy. It really isn't. But if I've been, you know, like through the holidays, eating really bad, you want to really get back on the bandwagon, a little something to help curb your appetite. Anyway, the hydroxy cut, um, for me, it made my heart race unbelievably, uh, very dangerous for me. Um, just to give you an idea, the risks with some of this stuff. But the uh, ephedra in particular, there's definitely a, a mental, uh, psychological component to that stuff. I'm telling you. That's another reason why I, I didn't. Really, uh, be very, very careful with any of that stuff. I really would. I'm telling you, I'm not advocating for it. And this ambient and stuff like that, what I would say to you, think, oh, it's, you know, just, oh, it's a, a stimulant or whatever, you know, wake you up. Maybe Biden's on it, too, so he can speak somewhat straight. And I bet it's great. I bet it really is. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you there's side effects that nobody's really talking about. I don't know. But how is this that the... That the White House is a bunch of drug addicts in there. That always seems to happen, really. Look at Rush Limbaugh. I remember he was on the Oxy pills. I don't know. Have you ever, I've never taken Oxycontin. 
I know for me, um, the morphine, I think I had morphine. I don't know if I ever had morphine, to be honest with you. Um, I've had Percocets and Vicodin two or three times in my life prescribed. Once when I tore my bicep tendon off and once for my back. I really twisted my upper back. I was having a real problem. And um, and then once for the arm surgery. I didn't take any pain medication from the concussion. And part of the reason why is I can't stand that stuff. It makes me feel horrible. The psychological, I'm like, I don't, I don't even call it depressed. I just feel like I'm in this, ugh. Like, you ever feel like when you're really sick and you're just in that mental fog and you're just, ugh. That's how I felt. I just felt sick. And it really wasn't that great for the pain either. Anyway, I, honestly, I found it's better just to deal with the pain in most cases. It really is. We've kind of trained ourselves in this country to be such babies with the pain. And uh, you can tolerate a lot more than what you think. And did I tell you guys I slipped and fell on the ice last week? Yeah, that was a nice turning point for me. Big old bruise on my hip. Hurt my shoulder pretty well. And uh, racked my back a little bit. I got up. I was like, just brush it off. Like, That's going to sting. It did. <clears throat> but I was fine. You know? I didn't need to go sit down. I didn't need to... You know, take a take a tile and all. <laughs> I didn't need to do any of that. Just went back to what I was doing. And you can. Your body is so much more, um, you know, what do you call it, able than we give it credit for. Anyway, all this drug use coming out of the White House, and it's heavy stuff, man. You're not talking about Vicodin or uh, ephedra. You're talking about Ambien and, and Oxycontin and morphine. And these are the people that are supposed to be running the country. Is it a problem? Um, seems a bit problematic to me. <laughs> Maybe you should say, yeah, you should see him without it. <laughs> that would be the true test. Take Biden off the Ambien for a week. Let's see what happens. If Trump's taking it, take him off for a week. See, what it, see where it leaves him. I don't know. What do you think of this Fetterman story? Are you ready to see him move to the Republican Party? What a clown show. I give him a lot of credit, though, for standing up there and waving that Israeli flag. The, 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 uh, the uh, Hamas protesters come in. Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide. You are guilty of genocide. Has such a nice ring of it, ring to it. And um, he goes up on the roof and he starts waving this Israeli flag at the protesters. And um, everybody's cheering him. I mean, the fact that he had the Israeli flag is pretty impressive in itself. I don't have an Israeli flag. Do you have an Israeli flag? I guess I, I guess I, I'm not, that's why I'm not in the club, right? I said to you, though, that the only thing that Fetterman is doing is um, pushing support for Joe Biden. See, we, we Democrats, we are, we are supportive of Israel. It's not just Trump. That's the message. Biden can't do it, so Fetterman, and especially the Jewish population in Pennsylvania, they heavily need them to vote against Trump, and I believe they will. I believe they will. I believe that Pennsylvania has fallen. You can feel it around here. You really can. It's uh, we'll never see a Republican generation in my lifetime. Not not in this area. I don't believe so. Um, anyway, Fetterman, yeah, he's a real hero, all right. 
uh, I'll leave that for the rest of you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to jump on the Fetterman bandwagon. Sorry. What do you think about the economic predictions? Are you concerned that we're going to drop off a cliff? I'm not saying it. You're going to see continued inflation outpacing wages. That's my prediction, year over year. It can't stop printing the money. At some point, there will need to be a, a reevaluation. But that won't come easily. You can't, it, it just doesn't. It'll have to be a civil war or something that reset, and it'll really be about the currency. War is a racket. Smedley Butler, I want to talk about that on the radio show sometime. I don't even think it's just for the profit-making. It's uh, uh, yeah, There has to be, for there to be winners, sometimes there has to be losers, and the war may, creates an opportunity to do that. People don't really discuss the wealth that gets wiped out. I mean, I'm sure if you go to Ukraine right now, you know, look at all the wealth that's been redistributed as a result of this, where they've uh, taken assets and seized money in foreign accounts. Uh, but even think there in Ukraine on the ground. You know, if you had a if you were pro Ukrainian and you're one of those areas now controlled by Russia and you had a business, where does that leave you? And don't think for a second that there weren't wealthy families with like large agricultural businesses or mineral companies, you know, maybe a hundred or two hundred employees supporting a whole small town. And now it's owned and operated differently, and they're just out. Money just gone. Can you imagine? Incredible, really, when you think about it. Either way, I don't predict a, a dropping off a cliff, and I also don't predict a civil war. I also don't predict World War Three. I want to talk to you about that. Do you think that this uh, meeting that Biden is hosting at the White House with Germany is really to talk about World War III and the planning for that. They've said they want to perpetuate it. They want to shut down ammo plants in this country. They want to build them in Ukraine. Winners and losers, right? I'm going to shift it over there. I don't get it. I think this is really prodding the bear. Uh, they say that this is a war of ammo, and Russia's showed no signs of running out, as best I can tell. But maybe I'm wrong about that, too. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and that brings me to the last story I wanted to talk about. Did you have some time to think about Michelle Obama as president of the United States? Now, on one hand, you have to take a look and see that it really would check all the liberal boxes, especially if she came out as transgender, right? If they revealed the whole story. Yeah, whatever the truth might be, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I really don't. But um, like you never hear Michelle Obama talk about giving birth. I don't know. I really don't know anything about it. So, you know, what's the real story? But either way, she checks a lot of boxes, right? Whether she's transgender, female, minority, boom. The first female. And the liberals, they just like praying on this right now. How do I know this? Because I see it with all of our local boards here. They're all turning liberal females. And some of the boards are entirely liberal female. For the first time, liberal female board presidents. And Michelle Obama would appeal to that segment politically. On the popularity scale, 
she would appeal to the Jerry Springer crowd, but you could say that about Trump, too. I don't know. It would be a, a fascinating election season. I mean, what kind of debates would her and Trump have? Not that that's ever going to happen. I'll just ask you, you know, without horsing around a second, you know, what are your feelings of Michelle Obama? Do you actually think that she, forget about Trump a second. Suppose Michelle Obama was going to primary Biden. I guess she's going to skip that. Not sure what that's all about. She didn't have to go through the primary process. And I don't think that's good either. Is there any money she's raised? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure I believe the allegation that there's any indication that she's really going to run. Maybe that there's some people calling on her to run. I don't really know what this document is. But it's a fascinating thought that's gotten interest as we lead up to the election. Is Joe Biden capable? Don't you worry. Obama's going to come out publicly very soon. And he's going to talk about how great Joe Biden is. No, I'll be the first to tell you. Oh, Joe, he's not, he's not perfect. You know, he, he slips, slips his words once in a while. But I'll tell you what, at least he's not being nasty and mean to people. At least he's got kind things to say. But I'm not saying old Joe's perfect. I'm just saying he's best for this country, him and Kamala. Man, I could write the speech for him. We don't, we're not going back to that, that old, old white nonsense. We got a new path forward. Big Mike here. <laughs> Oops. All right, I went too far. <laughs> Maybe I couldn't write the whole speech. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> if I could infiltrate and write the next Obama speech and slip in a Big Mike. <laughs> oh, that could make me famous. <laughs> I don't know if it would be in a good way. I don't know. Just taking all the joking aside, I know it's hard for me to do that in this case. How do you say that politically that she has anything really to offer? What does she offer on the economy or foreign policy or anything? No, it's all going to be this big phony. Don't anybody complain. Don't anybody be just everybody just no, no, just smile and rejoice because a woman is in the White House. That's going to be the message. No, no, no. Shh, shh, shh. You know, prices, are, shh, 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 shh. no, no, no. The border, the border issue, shh, 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 shh. No, 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 no. Mommy's here. Mommy's going to take care of it. Okay? And you just hush, hush. I I don't see a lot of people. <laughs> now, you know, we may not have a choice. I mean, I don't really know how these elections are decided anymore, quite frankly. Maybe you do. You can explain it to me. But I don't believe it has anything to do with counting actual verified ballots at this point. Do you? I, I have no belief in that at all. So who knows? Maybe the powers that be are going to say, you know, welcome your new president. And then we'll have some really fun stuff to talk about. That's the way I look at it. I need to mentally just put myself in a different place. That's what it's going to be, that this podcast is just like a mental Petri dish of ideas and emotions and reactions <laughs> to the nonsense going on around the world. I'm joking around, but, I mean, what do you say Michelle Obama becomes president? What are we supposed to do, sit back and, yeah, smile? Yoo-hoo. Like, <laughs> 
I can't imagine the, the problems that would develop. I can't imagine the fun that we would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we wouldn't get attacked. No, hopefully nothing serious would happen. Do you have any indication that she's in any way, shape, or form prepared to deal with any kind of national emergency, national conflict? In a country that's so divided right now, do you have any indication that she's the one that could bring people together? And I'm not saying that Trump is. I'm just saying, if nothing, I'd say no checks for either side on that box. How about on the economy? Who do you trust more to deal with our runaway freight train of government spending? I don't know. Trump has a pretty good track record of spending himself. That's actually attractive to some people. Nobody seems to really want to stop the debt as much as it gets talked about and complained about. Even when I've tried talking to people, say, ah, it's, it's a non-starter. And that's why it'll probably take a war to get it fixed. Let's hope not. But either way, just on the plain merits, who do you, who do you trust more on the economy? Are you seriously going to tell me that Michelle Obama is, is going to be better on the economy? Never been in, what has she actually done? She's never been in business, never, has she ever, ever, ever had a, like a real job that she can speak of? I never heard her talking about, you know, being a, a, a dealing with a career and raising children. Never heard her say a word about any of that. What the heck's really going on in that house? How'd they get all that money? Why don't we start there? Wouldn't that be interesting if the conversation turned to that? Really? Where'd you come up with all this money? Let's see. Because, I mean, it hasn't been that long. You should be able to show the exact transactions. Who has it that's been lining the Obama's pockets? Who has it that's been sending all this money to the Democrats? A lot of it we know. A lot of it we know. A lot of it's money that comes back from our our own tax dollars, grants to colleges, and they literally are turning around and, and giving money back to candidates. It's really ridiculous when you think about it that we allow this to go on. And you think that Michelle Obama's going to do one little thing to even remotely slow it down? No. Hey, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.